Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This week, I'm here all on my own. Don't worry, I will not keep you for very long. Well, I'll probably keep you for about half an hour, 40 minutes, because you all know how much I love to talk when I have a microphone in front of my mouth. This week's show... (laughs) I try and be funny. Hopefully, some of you laugh. I'll crack on. This week's show, as you've seen from the title, is Nine Chills from 2022. I think in the last few years, or since I've been doing the podcast, I have done different summaries of the years gone by, or the year gone by, things that we learned, things that we noticed. This year, I'm going at it from a slightly different angle. I'm going to share with you nine things that I consciously tried to focus on from pretty much the start of 2022, some of them. Some of them, as you will hear later in the show, came later in 2022 for a number of different reasons, which I'll also explain. However, I thought these nine things, and maybe it could have gone on, maybe there could have been a few more. There definitely could have been less because some of them kind of, they kind of sometimes repeat each other, but I think they're different as well. But there's nine. So this is the nine things that I've deployed within the year, and I've also helped people that I work with here, the team at NFI, and also people that I coach to deploy these things to make their life better. And if I was doing a controlled research study, which maybe I should do, if only I was a little bit smarter, then I would show you the efficacy. For the time being, you're going to have to believe me and know that the efficacy of implementing these things is super high. Awesome coffee, the best Asai in town, cool vibes, and people with big smiles. If that sounds like a bit of you, then you need to get yourself over to Smith Street Cafe in Studio City. Cafe is open Monday to Friday, 5.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. We'll catch you there. This is episode number 786 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Nine chills from 2022. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the show. And if you got through the intro and the ads, I hope you like the ads that I put on. If you got through all of that and you're still here, well, that is a good sign. Thank you for making it this far. We are only a few minutes in. I will try and wrap this up in 40 minutes today. I know it's a super busy time of year. And to be honest, my consumption of various podcasts also reduces at this time of year as there's a lot of other things going on. And to be honest, I think you've got to be in the mood to consume stuff. So if you're still consuming the words that I'm speaking, I appreciate that and I'll try and keep it short and to the point. At the start of this year, I looked around and came up with a strategy or a number of different points that I thought would make my life more efficient and a little bit more, shall I say, relaxed in 2022. Some of these things that I'm going to speak about, some of the nine things actually I had to implement later and some of them were catalysts later. But I set out with a few of them to make life easier for myself and for those around me in 2022. I'm happy to report that the ones that I'm sharing with you are actually successful. Some things that I deployed, I've been thinking about this, did I deploy certain things that were not successful? I actually can't really remember which doesn't mean that I think I'm a real righteous prick and that everything I did was correct. However, the ones that didn't work just got forgotten about and I don't spend any more energy on them. So what did I do? First up, I realized that the way that we were communicating 
in up to about 2021, and I think this was a big catalyst for this was how we had to communicate in 2020 when we were on this, in this always on mindset. So my goal for 2022 to make life easier, more relaxed, and therefore more enjoyable was to deploy better communication systems. And I looked at this on three different levels. The three biggest ways that I communicate with people digitally that I could massively impact, I'm gonna come to how I communicate with people face-to-face because that's super important and probably an underutilized method of communication in the current times. However, email, phone calls or Zoom calls, online calls, Teams, I've used more Teams this year and it's still rubbish. I don't know why people use it compared to Zoom. I know because of security and all of that, but why, why isn't it quite as good? Anyway, <laughs> and also WhatsApp. So I looked at those three methods of communication and I realized that definitely on two of them, I was far too reactive. And I was reacting and replying to people based on them sending me something. And that reaction would sometimes disrupt what I was doing and therefore, it was never the true reaction. So I changed it. I looked at my emails and I said, I'm not going to respond to emails. I'm not going to reply to emails as frequently. Previously, I, would, I wouldn't have any notifications on. However, I would reply to emails throughout the day. And I thought to myself, this is just totally reactive. And what it leads to is it leads to whole, and for some of you this might be super old school and I might have spoken about it a bit before, but it leads to a whole email trail that is actually totally unnecessary. So what I would do if I felt the need, and this is, there's a little bit of a balance here between sort of getting things off your mind. So sometimes I would actually, I would say, right, I'm gonna reply to an email, but I'm gonna save it in my drafts and I'm gonna send it at the end of the day. So that person can't get back to me on that day. So that thing doesn't, that matter or the email, whatever's in it, doesn't consume more of my time on that particular day. This works super, super well. And I'm happy to report I'm still doing it as well. So sometimes, because I want to check my mails in the morning, I'll generally go into the morning, noon, and lunchtime. And I will, if I feel like replying immediately, if it's something really straightforward, or I know the answer, it doesn't need so much time, I'll come on to delayed replies in a second. I will write the email, save it to drafts, and then when I'm leaving the office for the day, I will then send all those drafts. So some of you who I communicate with on a regular basis might have felt that you just get drilled with like six emails at once. That's because that's what I'm doing. That strategy has worked super well for me over the last 12 months. And actually, this is quite an interesting reflection on it, is that some emails that I've written and saved to drafts, which you could claim that this was a little bit of a waste of time, I haven't actually had to send in the evening because the problem has already passed through the day, which is quite cool. When it came to phone calls, I've actually been conscious to have a better communication system around phone calls. So make more phone calls is simply what I'll do. And this is a result of convoluted messages, tones, or just misinterpretation of what people think and feel from something like an email or WhatsApp, direct message, whatever it is. So I think I've picked up the phone a lot more 
in 2022 than I did in 2021. Yes, which is weird, right? And at the same time, I have, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I, I have not, I've not purposely tried to call people more, but as a result of those other forms of communication, I've been faster to pick up the phone than I would have been in the past. Often, and what do I mean by this? Often we'll let an email trail go back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, misinterpretation of tone. Someone thinks that you're being aggressive, you're not really, and it can go really down a horrible route. And this is what I mean, maybe you understand it, maybe you don't. Whereas if you see an email and you're like, actually that should be a phone call, then pick up the phone, and obviously all of my calls I try and do at a convenient time <laughs> in the car. And that phone call will actually cut all those emails and that potential sort of bad feeling going back and forward between me and the other concerned party. So also, I still have like, I subscribe to a package with a Tislat for about a thousand free minutes a month and I never use them. But instead of downgrading myself, I actually looked into this this year. I can downgrade, but then I wouldn't, they told me I wouldn't have enough data. So I've got a thousand minutes and I'm trying to use them all. <laughs> So if you just get a phone call of me saying nothing, that's what it is. Anyway, we'll move on. WhatsApps. This has been something that's been absolutely huge for me this year in that, so my first step with WhatsApp was probably, or all notifications was probably two years ago before the pandemic and just removing all notifications from my phone. However, it took a little bit of time. I would still go into WhatsApp. I'd check messages. I'd read messages and I'd feel a need to reply because my thought process was if I'm not replying now, I'm just putting a problem off or I'm just delaying the work that I have to do. So this year I've been like, okay, if a WhatsApp is not important, why should it be answered on an important basis? So a similar strategy to emails, I'd go in and actually just almost not physically group them because I find WhatsApp's a little bit difficult and there's no sort of delayed send or save to draft as far as I know. But I would sort of look at stuff and be like, I can reply to that later or I'm totally comfortable replying to that tomorrow. Knowing that often people are sending a WhatsApp because they need something urgently, but maybe you don't actually, there's no onus on you to give them that thing urgently. So better communications around those three things. Jeez, that's 10 minutes and I've only got point one. Point two is an interesting one because it's essentially allowing things to come in and having no immediate reaction. So an email might come in, you might feel that, or a message might come in, you might feel that you want to reply in such and such a way, but it's exercising a skill to say, I'm not going to reply to that move it out of the way. And this is something with email, I'm actually get a little bit forgetful because I'll just move an email to a folder so I won't see it in my inbox and I just won't reply or I'll just let it take like time to reply, two or three days to reply, which a lot of the time people expect immediate replies because that's the way society has trained us. We don't have to. You don't have to react straight away. And if someone does send me an email or WhatsApp and I don't reply, just call me. And that's the way I've gone with some people as well. If I've sent them an email and I kind of need a response within a 24 or 36 hour time zone or time period and they haven't, then 
I would just give them a call, not to be a complete pest and go, hey, mate, have you read my email? But just say, listen, I'm, you probably haven't had time for it, but I, I kind of need to get this done for you. And that's only if I'm trying to benefit the other person as well. So I've watched a lot of things sort of play out, not reply. I've taken time to reply to certain things, which once you get control of it, makes you feel at real peace inside. I probably not taken my laptop home 90% of the days this year. And I've shut it. I, I wrote an article on this in summer actually because it was in reflection of the fact that I used to shut my laptop or desktop, power down your desktop at like five in the afternoon before I, I left work. And I've tried to take that into things this year as well. And it's worked really well because absolutely nothing changes. I've not missed opportunities. I don't think we've missed business opportunities. I don't think I've left a client or an athlete without an answer from deploying this. So that's super cool. The third thing is completely away from, those first two are very closely related as I'm sure you, you would agree. The next thing is all about consistency. And I thought about this quite a lot of how I would phrase it. And I can only come back to what might surprise some of you is that I've deployed the franchise burger theory as often as possible. One of my good friends or who has become a good friend, basically he lives in a completely different country. When he lived in Dubai, we weren't great friends. We knew each other, but we talk a lot online, share different ideas. He owns, and he's been on the podcast, I think twice, Hayden Smith in Australia. He owns two McDonald's franchises. He's had one somewhere, but it's a really good story. Listen to his podcast. <laughs> I might put a link if I remember in the show notes. That's not important. The important is, is what he talks about is consistency. And using, you have to somehow at some stage look at the McDonald's model and go, they're producing, the reason why they're successful is not because of the shit food. The reason why they're successful is because consistency. They're consistent around the world of their customer experience. And this is absolutely huge. It makes the customer feel super comfortable and it helps people to know what to expect, which makes them feel even more comfortable. And when people feel comfortable, trust goes up, the whole relationship builds, athletes get faster, people perform better, and life becomes great. As a coach and also as a business owner, this is consistency. And not only that, I have clients that I work with that their goal for 2022 was simply consistency. So if we think of it on the level of the franchise burger theory, that we want to be consistent in everything we're doing, in all our interactions with our friends, with our clients, on a business level, on an athletic level, throughout the year, the chances of us delivering better results and the chances of us being a lot more relaxed because we know that we always strive for a certain standard, I believe go massively up. And that's what I've tried to do this year. I thought of it at the start of this year and it does, when you work in health and fitness to say, yes, I'm modeling my thought processes and my business off the franchise burger theory, it's kind of, to some people, a bit counterintuitive. And you could probably take an example from a number of different industries, but it's something I find quite incredible that you can go into a McDonald's in LA and you can go into a McDonald's in Australia and you can have exactly the same experience. And that's what people love. So that's what I've been trying to do. And it makes me feel 
a lot more relaxed as well because I know, I think I've, or I've always strived for consistency and high standards, but I know that that's what I expect and that makes me feel relaxed because that's where I'm going to and I'm always going to the same place. I'm always trying to make my burger to the same standard every single time. Sometimes it does cause a bit more stress, sometimes it does cause a bit more chill, but if you have an operating structure that goes towards consistency and that wants to make your burger the same every single time, no matter what it is, what is your burger, then figure out how you make it and deliver it the same every single time. That is point number three that has made 2022 a lot better and was something that from the start of the year, I was very conscious about. Number four, I actually deployed, I think about five months into the year, which that's maybe because I was reflecting and realizing. And it was simply that if I was ever in doubt what time I wanted to wake up, then I would set my alarm five minutes earlier because that would make me so much more relaxed about my morning ritual, my morning routine, which is so important to me. There is nothing worse because you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're in a rush from the minute you get up to when you get out the door, you're stressed, you haven't done everything you wanted to do, and you're just setting yourself up, you're chasing your tail for the whole day, which does not make you chilled. It doesn't make you better. So I would look and I would be like, okay, I think my morning routine's taking 30 minutes, maybe it's a little bit more, and I would get, I got really conscious about it in the first sort of three to four months of the year, and I was like, some days I felt I was rushing a little bit, whether I had to rush my morning flow, whether I had to rush my reading, whether any of the things that I do in the morning I had to rush. And I was like, no, if I'm ever in doubt, I'm just going to take an extra five minutes. Just what is the difference of five minutes? I sleep for eight, eight and a half hours a night. Five minutes just to start the day right is absolutely the right thing to do. And it will, it will set me off on, on such a better note. And it's working super well. It's not every day am I setting the alarm. It hasn't, and some people might think, well, why didn't you just set the alarm? Like if you need 30 minutes for your morning ritual, you actually need 35. It's not like that at all. Some mornings, I think I'm just gonna need a bit more time tomorrow. And if I ever had this doubt, I would just set it for five minutes more. Take five minutes more. My point is, for those of you not agreeing with my argument, my point is, even doubt, Take five minutes more in the morning. Set your alarm five minutes earlier or don't press snooze. Don't, just don't ever press snooze. You will be a lot more relaxed for the day. Point number five is a point that I have probably overused not only in 2022 but in every single year since social media started and I started using this point and I think maybe I even started using this phrase before, not that I'm a trendsetter, not that I really give a shit about all this stuff, but the best day of my life mindset, I call it. Like, if you don't come back tomorrow, which is a good chance that you might not come back tomorrow, genuinely, then was today one of the best days of your life? Did you do stuff that you really enjoyed? And let's be realistic about this. You're not always gonna do everything you love in that day, but I think a little bit of solitude, gratitude, and focus on the things that these things are the things that I've chosen today and they are making this potentially one of the best days of my life. And it doesn't always have to be running up a mountain. I know 
I probably use it quite a lot when I'm out running or, or doing some exercise or some time with Holly. This is the best day of my life. But sometimes, honestly, waking up, having a nice cup of coffee, looking out the window, having a moment of solitude, having a moment of gratitude can make that day absolutely awesome. I wrote an article on this as well, which I'll link to in the show notes, and it's just called This Day. And I think if we, why is this important? And what, how does it relate to being more relaxed and being happier in life? It will fill you with a lot more gratitude and it will help push your energy into the things that are giving to you rather than taking from you, the things that are making you happier rather than making you sad. It's very easy to sit there and look at all the things that are not going too well, but it's equally, I find, as easy and 10 times more rewarding to sit there and look at the things that are going super well, even if they're an absolute minority, we just put more energy into them. And even if you're spending 70% of your day doing stuff that you're not loving at the moment, put the energy into that 30% and just make it really awesome. So the best day of my life mindset, point number five, is something that I've had for a number of years. It continued in 2022, and it will definitely come with me into 2023. Number six, which kind of also links to a couple of the other points above. And it comes into what I said in the first point, better communication systems. I spoke about digital communication systems. Now I'm going to talk more about in-person communication systems. I've always tried to listen more than I talk, but sometimes I talk too much because I think that people need to listen to me. It's a little bit of a catch-22. Anyway, I have consciously, and this was since the start of the year, and this actually makes you a lot more relaxed anyway because you're just there, well, sometimes it does unless the person you're talking to or listening to is speaking absolute horseshit and then you just have to cut them off. However, I've listened to people and then taken more time to process what they're saying. And you can tell the tone of the speed of my voice here has slowed down a little bit because that's exactly what I've consciously tried to do when I've been talking to people. I, you look at people like Elon Musk and the amount of time, I'm no Elon Musk and I don't want to buy Twitter, Snapchat or any of that other stuff or I don't want to make electric cars either or send people to Mars. But anyway, he thinks a lot and you can see he processes things and he's always been someone that I've looked to and gone, wow, how comfortable is he? And this is what it really I believe relates to how comfortable is he receiving a question from someone and then taking some time, respecting their question and taking time to deliver his answer. I think it's really an amazing skill. And when I was younger, and I've reflected a lot over the last five years on this, when I was younger, I would definitely try and sort of jump in the whole time and always have a question, an answer for people and snap, snap the whole time because I thought that made me better and that gave me the upper hand and I was always looking for the upper hand. However, to really communicate well with people and to stay, like that takes a whole load more energy and actually you're not communicating well with that person. It's not making you relax. You're not chilled out. You're fired up the whole time and literally you're waiting for them to stop talking and then you're hammering them. So I tried to dial it all the way back this year and to sit, to ask someone a question, to listen to their answer 
which may also have a reversed question in it or a question that they want to put onto me. And then just to sit there and look at them, not weird in any way, shape or form. Well, some people find it a little bit weird, but I'm not trying to be weird by it. I'm just there and I'm processing and being totally comfortable with that. And if I haven't had, and this is one thing that's been super huge for me in 2022, and I've seen quite a few scenarios where it's brought me a lot of benefit, and I've also seen quite a few scenarios where other people haven't done this, and it's been almost their downfall, to turn around and be comfortable to say to someone, just let me come back to you on that. And it goes against what's happening because, as I said in point one, we send someone a WhatsApp, we expect to reply. We send someone an email, we expect to reply. And we always have done, and we should get a reply. It's okay to expect that reply. But instantly, like within 10 seconds, like I'm waiting here for you to, for you to send me a message. No, get out of here. That's not a relaxed mindset. That's not taking it easy. That's rushing things. And that's responding to things in a way that in that moment, you're responding to way different than if you just sit back and think about it. And we're in a position, or I'm in a position as a coach, trying to run this business as well. People are asking me questions that actually could have, I, I value very highly, because it could have a really profound impact on their life. And I sometimes think, if we're not giving those questions a decent amount of time, thinking about various different scenarios that are going to play out, are we really serving that person in the right way? It's quite a cool one. There is nothing wrong with sitting in a meeting with someone, listening to what they have to say, and telling them, I need time to think about this. Let me come back to you. It's not done so much in business anymore because people expect us to have those answers. It's rarely done in friendships either. But it's something that I've practiced quite a bit in 2022. I've encouraged my team where I see it's the right thing for them to do, to do more of it. And the results are actually super cool. You don't have to talk the minute that someone finishes talking or the split second that someone finishes talking or asks you a question. You don't have to talk. And you don't have to answer it. You can Buy yourself some time. If you don't feel comfortable, buy yourself some time. Tell them you'll come back to them. And sometimes if it's a heated situation, it plays out perfect for the person as well. Not only for you, but for them, you're, you're able to benefit them massively. Number seven was a book I was kindly given by a guest who was on a couple of weeks ago, Paul Jones, when... I was having quite a tough time in the middle of the year over summer when mum was diagnosed with cancer. He sent me a book called Being Mortal. And it really made me sit back and go, wow. And obviously with, I guess you call it the brush with death that I had in 2018. And the fact that my parents are getting older, the fact that people do pass away, I understood mortality. I thought I understood life and death, and I know that both of them are absolutely wild. However, reading them in the book, Being Mortal, and 
almost being forced, and this is why reading is quite, I think, super strong, because especially directed titles, because it forces us into a situation that otherwise we might not put ourselves in. You read the words and you can't, you can't unread them. So they sit in your mind and they start to do things. They start to maybe grow a little bit. They start to come to other thoughts which you can react to or not react to depending on whatever you want. But this book was super strong for me and I'm super grateful that Paul gave it to me what it did, and that's why it's on this list of nine chills from 2022, it made me look at life and death in maybe a deeper way. I don't, I don't know, maybe a deeper way, maybe a different way. It's, it's actually quite a hard one for me to explain, but it definitely made me think more about it and helped me immensely. And at the same time, I think Maybe it was a combination of what mum was going through. Maybe it was a combination of what my friend Ian was going through. My other friend Oscar was going through. Maybe it was all of these things together with the book made me sit back and go, what's really important here? These three humans are fighting this amazing disease. It might end in life. It might end in death. We're all going to end in death. And then you read through this book and then, so if we're all ending in death, what does life mean? And holy shit, your whole mind gets blown apart. That might be a little bit heavy for some people. I'll move on. If you want more heavy, we can, we can be more heavy. And I can tell you which other books that's led to or go and look at my reading list, mjdsmith.com slash books. And you can see maybe... Maybe you can pick out a pattern, I don't know, but I'm very grateful and thankful to Paul for that book. Number seven was the book Being Mortal. Number eight is less, it's not, I don't, more is not less, less is not more, but my point here, and this was one of my goals for the year, I'll start point eight again. (laughs) I don't edit this show, as you can tell. One of my goals was for the year that I shared with the team was quality over quantity. I wanted, on my coaching business, I wanted to get a narrower funnel of clients, fewer clients. I wanted to scale down so I could give them absolute quality because I thought that that would make me happier. That And yes, me, I, it's personal. I want to get satisfied by coaching people. I also thought, and it's not in any order, I'm not first or they're not first. We're first together. We're a team. I wrote an article about this one as well, is that we, we would do better things together if I gave them more quality, if I was more geeky about certain things, if I was less geeky in certain areas, but more emotional in certain areas, I would be able to coach those people better. And I started the year with that. And then I also tried to put that into when I'm teaching groups as well and in various different areas of life. A lot of the time, we are always searching for more. We believe that bigger is better. We believe that more is better. I need more clients. I need to work with more people. Whereas I went a little bit different. I was like, I have these great clients. I teach these great people. I have a great team. I don't need to make it huge. I just need to make what I want better and it'll make life a lot better. It'll make it a lot more relaxed. It'll make their lives a lot more meaningful, hopefully as well. It'll definitely make my lives, my life a lot more meaningful as well. And 
for the most part, I've been able to do that. And also when I see the sort of, it's almost like the more, more, more idea come through, it makes me realize that the work that I've done on quality over quantity actually makes life a lot more relaxed and it doesn't change too much financially. Yes, some I, I have worked with a couple of less clients this year and turned away some business this year. So from a financial standpoint, there has been a certain loss, but from a satisfaction standpoint and from giving absolute quality, well, I believe none of my clients are listening and go, shut up, dickhead, you were shit this year. I'll take it. I believe that I've been able to give them a lot more quality and really grow those relationships as well, which I think is important for anyone working in our industry. I think at the start of a year, you should look at the number of clients you have and then client retention later in the year. And I think that's the same in, in most or all industries. If you can continue to nurture the relationships you have, unless you're a car salesman, because you can't really, I'm just trying to think off my feet if this applies to all industries. Anyway, that's how I attacked it. That was number eight. Not more, 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 but quality over quantity and really going a little bit deeper helped me relax and I think helped other people become better. Number nine, I've used this word quite a few times and it fits in with the title, sort of. Maybe some people looked at this title and went nine chills, like nine things that went Ooh, down the spine. However, number nine, I've heard and I've used the word relax a number of times in 2022. Some people, I've heard of it as their goal to relax more. Within our team, I've heard coaches say they want to spend more time relaxing. I've heard clients say they want to spend more time relaxing. However, the number of times I've heard it and the execution, the delivery on the word relax is absolutely disproportionate. Everyone says they want to relax more, but who actually does? Can we really switch off? Do we go on holiday and turn our phones off? Are we happy? Are we comfortable with it? Have we put systems in place where we can still be in touch with those that are important to us without having to plow through the hundreds of different red bubbles on our phones? We say we want to relax, but really, is our phone telling us a completely different story? Normally it is. What are we doing to relax? This podcast is all about relaxing a little bit more. It's strategies that I've used, that I've worked with people on in this year, in previous years, to help people step back a little bit because I believe that when we step back a little bit, we're able to do our best work. If relax was one of your goals for 2022, did you achieve it? Did you spend more time with the people you love because that's what you said you wanted to do? Did you commit more time to your training? Did you commit more time to your friends? Did you commit more time to a new hobby that in January or in December this time last year you said you were going to spend a lot more time on? I wonder. I wonder if you just were able to sit and watch a plant or a bird in the garden. I know it sounds quite crazy, but were you able to get these moments of solitude? Because really, that's what relaxing is. I hope you were. I hope you've had a really awesome 2022. I hope you can look back at 2022 and go, I did 
these 25 things or I did these three things. The number really doesn't matter. Remember point eight, bigger is not always better. I got it down to nine. It probably could have been more. As I said at the start, maybe it should have been less. But the ultimate goal is that we're putting ourselves in a relaxed state so that we can do better work for ourselves to better ourselves as human beings. And if we're better as individual human beings and we take these things into the people that we deal with that are around us, surely we're going to live in a happier and more fulfilling world. Huh, that was strong, that last bit. Hopefully, anyway, I just got off on a little tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this show. Hopefully, one of the nine is useful to you. If two, good. And if none of them, well, that's all right too. I got it under 40 minutes. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week. I will catch you next week. Thank you so much.